Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Looking for a gift for your loved one for Valentine's Day? Well, might I suggest something from Leon Tailoring? Maybe a nice jacket, nice coat, you know, a pair of pants, slacks, or perhaps maybe even a Leon Tailored gift certificate. That's right. That way they can go and get exactly what they want, and it'll fit just perfectly. So whether something ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made, you can get over to Leon Tailoring. What better way to show that you love your loved one than to get them something over at Leon Tailoring? So swing on by and tell them Abdul sent you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, and downtown Indianapolis. Well, we are continuing our conversation with various candidates from across the state of Indiana. Today, we're talking to Max Engling. He is a candidate in the Republican primary in the 5th Congressional District. So, Max, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. Always good to have you here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here, Abdul. I appreciate it. Uh, so, let me ask you the, the, the general question, the softball question. How's the race going so far? The race is going well. I've been really encouraged as I go around the district that people really want what I'm offering, and that's a conservative person with conservative policy but also has the experience to go do this in Washington. I think that's a big part of it. You know, people are sick of just talking about being conservative. They want someone that can go act on that and really do the conservative things we talk about. So I've been encouraged. Um, when we talk about those conservative things, what exactly do you mean those conservative things? Because sure. conservative means different things to different people. Yes, it <laughs> as, does. As you, as you probably imagine and guess. You're right about that. And, you know, so one of the things is, as I go around the district, I hear the cost of living as being one of the biggest issues that we see, and absolutely, you know, rightly so. And to me, it's not that hard to solve that. The current administration wants to say, all right, let's change the interest rate and we're going to bring down the rate of inflation. To me, that doesn't solve the problem. That just changes the pain point. So the conservative option there is stop spending so much money in Washington. It's also retapping American energy and having access to those markets again. And then it's reducing regulations. And regulations are stifling small businesses. It's energy. It's across the board. And so there's things like that on the conservative side that I think are pretty straightforward that we just need to actually accomplish. You know, it also includes things like border security. Obviously, that's a huge piece of this right now. And it's not a hard challenge to solve. It's just that we need to have the political will to do it. Part of that's going to be flipping the White House in the next election. But part of that's also just having good, strong members of Congress that are willing to close the border, stop the incentives to have people coming up, um, and really do the conservative policy on that. Uh, here's a question. How do you close the border? Good question. So, one, it is important to have a real impediment at the border, so building the wall. But also it's important to say, how do we stop um, incentivizing migrants to come up from Central America, South America, and around the world. And that means we're not giving them a debit card anymore. We're not flying them around the country anymore. We're not giving them a hotel room and saying, show up in Milwaukee in four months and go to your hearing. And they're just not doing that. So stop the incentives. But then also a lot of it is supporting Border Patrol. I talked to, when I was at the border, I've been to the border a couple times in the last year, both in Texas and in Arizona. And one of the ranchers we talked to, he said he has the tech he has the sensors, he has the lights, all of that. He's just from the previous administration, from the Trump administration, and he's just not allowed to plug it in by the current administration. It's a real problem. Um, obviously, uh, walls are, are, are an interesting border concept. My, my thing about, about building, a, building a wall, now some people say you should build a wall all the way from you know, the Pacific you know, River, or Pacific Ocean all the way to, 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 the, to the Gulf of Mexico. Good, good luck with that. My, my issue with the wall has always been, the thing about a wall is you can climb over wall, you can scale under wall, you can go through the you know, the holes uh, in the wall, and that's like a two thousand. Oh, that's a pretty pretty long border. So, are walls enough, or is going to take more than than a wall to solve our immigration issue? No, you're absolutely right. A wall is not enough on its own. Um, you're right about that. But I do think it provides a valuable imp impediment to folks that are coming up as that first line of response. But then it really is, you know, one you want to stop folks from being encouraged to come up. Period. 
And then two, a wall provides that impediment when you have border patrol officers, enough border patrol officers on the border, and they can then uh, reach out immediately when something has been breached, as long as they have the support and the resources to do that. Uh, what about uh, another uh, root cause of our immigration? Are the issues in you know, Latin and Central America? Uh, do you have any proposals, any plans to, to help deal with, help address those issues so people aren't leaving, they, they can stay where they are, you know, be fruitful, be prosperous, you know, have democracy, whatever form of government that, that, they, that they so choose and desire. Yeah, you're right. That's very important because it's a big piece of why folks are coming up. And, you know, if you look at like USMCA, that was a, a good proposal and a good plan that helps us trade freely with those countries. And I think more of those trade agreements would be helpful to encourage, you know, prosper in those countries, but also for ours. That's what we want. We want to have trade um, with countries around the world, and it helps kind of on both sides. Uh, we're talking to Max England. Uh, Max is one of the candidates for Congress in the 5th Congressional District. Uh, Max, another issue uh, that's also out there uh, is the issue of our economy, of our debt, you know, of our deficit. Our, our national debt was like $31 trillion and, and some change. Uh, what is your plan to address the national debt? However, you can't touch Social Security, you can't touch Medicaid, Medicare, and you can't touch defense, you can't touch interest on the debt. So we've got 15% of the pie left, so... Go with it. It's all yours, big guy. <laughs> That's right. It's a it's a real challenge. We're about to hit, or maybe we just have hit, a trillion dollars to service the debt every year. That's money that we're spending on nothing and uh, would be much better spent off inside the country. And so there's a couple provisions out there, because you're right. You have to protect Social Security, and you have to protect um, a lot of these programs that people rely on. That's 100% true. So there's a couple things. One, when you're looking at discretionary spending, you have to do your job in Washington and pass appropriations bills that truly include cuts. And you know, But we both understand that's only a piece of the puzzle. And so how do you look at the future and say, okay, whether it comes to, you know, there's a couple of members out there right now. So uh, Congressman Cole and Congressman LaTurner, and they have a plan where you say, okay, well, Social Security, we know that we have to protect it. We know we have to strengthen it. And then we also have to say, how do we make sure it's around for the long term? Because right now it's not around for the long term. And so their plan is to say, put a bipartisan group in the room. I think it's 180 days. You come up with this plan. And when they're done with the plan on both sides, it has an up or down vote on the House floor and the Senate floor. And to me, that provides incentive for both sides to say, we really have to tackle this issue because it's a real problem that we need to solve. And would also, would, uh, would that proposal include raising the age to retirement? And that's what they would decide in the room. Yeah. I mean, you have to have, they would have to have that discussion. And um, that would be part of the plan that they would need to put forward. And then the members in the House at the time would say, is this what we should do to go forward? Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, when you were when you were in Congress, you worked uh, under Speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy at the time. How was that time, energy, effort uh, would help? How would that help you be a better congressperson? Yeah, so right before I was with Speaker McCarthy, I was with the Committee on House Administration, and a lot of folks don't know the name of that committee, and that's totally fine. But one of their responsibilities is to train members of Congress when they first win their race. So the job is you win your election, you get to Washington, you don't know what's happening. I would catch you on the other side and say, okay, here's how you hire staff. Here's your budget. Here's your district office. Importantly, here's how you communicate with your constituents to understand what do you care about and how do I need to represent you well in Washington? So I did that for a number of years, which lays a really strong foundation for me to know how to do this job exactly. And then when I was with Speaker McCarthy, I did a lot of that work to continue that, but also looked at the strategic side of it of how do you take a conference that is varied, that's great, you want a varied conference ideologically, and then you say, how do you do the conservative things inside of that? And my job was to know what the members' districts needed, what they needed, and then how to work inside of the conference to accomplish some of that conservative legislation. Because you want to pull it as far to the right as you possibly can, and then take that win. 
Our guest on the program today is Max Engling. Max uh, is a candidate for Congress in the 5th Congressional District. Uh, Max, uh, obviously, uh, Victoria Sparks raised a little bit of eyebrow in the past couple of weeks of change. First, she said she wasn't going to run. Uh, then she changed her mind, said she, she is going to run. Uh, first of all, your reaction on, uh, on the incumbent getting back in the race, number two, how does that impact what you folks are doing? Yeah, so I'm a constituent in the 5th District now, too. And I want to know that when my representative says something that I can trust that that's what's going to happen. I don't like it when we go back and forth. Um, And it's one thing. I'm not saying that when you put something forward that you're going to be successful in that thing every time. I understand that. But what I want to know is that you're not going to change your mind on where you're headed with that. And so I'm approaching this as when I tell you that we're going to work on something, when I tell you here's what we're going to do, you can trust that. When I make a promise, I'm going to keep that promise. And that goes back to who actually wants to represent this district. I've seen for a year now that um, I don't know that to be a fact. I want to represent this district. This is my family. These are people I appreciate the most, and I want to get out there and say, how do we do this well? How do we do this in a conservative way? And how do we make sure that the 5th District is the most successful? So you're not saying this. So just to make sure we're clear, you're not saying that it's bad to change your mind. So so just to make sure we're, we're clear on that, you're not saying it's bad to change your mind. You're saying it's, it's bad to sort of change direction, so to speak, or or, or maybe just, just make sure we're clear on, on what you're saying here. Yes, that's right. And I'm not saying you can, you can never change your mind, certainly. Um, but when it becomes more of a— Because wives not change their minds, we probably wouldn't be married right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, exact, that's true. Um, but when it becomes a pattern of behavior where now I have no, not necessarily an expectation that when I hear something that that's going to be what happens in the future, that's where it becomes problematic. Uh, how are you going to compete uh, with uh, the last time I checked the the filings? I would check again uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, the number of people running in the fifth district almost seems like a CVS pharmacy receipt. It's like, good lord, it's like, you know, it's really, really long, really big. So, how do you compete uh, with folks like you know, Victoria Sparks and also you no know, Chuck Goodrich, Roger, Roger Chandala, and all the rest of the folks who are running? Yeah. And, you know, if you look historically at this seat, it does attract a large number of candidates um, basically every time that it's an open seat. And to me, it doesn't it doesn't matter what some of these other folks are bringing as far as what does that mean to me? I'm running my race and I'm saying, here's what we bring to the table on the conservative side. You know, really what the fifth district needs is somebody that can get out there, be conservative and do the work. And, you know, one of the things that's interesting is if you look at the makeup of the current house, there, you look at the background of the members that are there. The number one most common background is a uh, former state legislator. The most, the second most common background is a business person. And those are not bad things, but it's not what Washington is lacking. What Washington is lacking is somebody that can go out there and be effective and do the work. And, and I would also add lawyers, too. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. So we are really just running our race and saying, hey, we're getting out there with the message. People want uh, someone who's conservative, someone who's going to take the wins when we can get them, because I'm tired of losing. I want to win on these issues and actually accomplish what we talk about. What in your background distinguishes you from the other candidates? Yeah, one, I think it's the ability to be effective out here. I've seen it up close and personal. I've seen the good part of Washington. There's a lot of people that are out there fighting hard that want to do the right thing. And there's a lot of people that I've seen in Washington that are out there for themselves. They want to build their own brand. They want to uh, benefit their own um, personal livelihood. And to me, that's not acceptable. But a big piece of it is how do you build coalitions inside of Washington? You can't just say, I want to do this thing. Go, I'm going to go do it. You know, you can't save the country alone. You have to say, how do I work with the people that already know I'm a trusted source? I'm going to bring people together and say, let's 
together as a coalition solve this problem. And I don't think anybody else in this race has that experience. Uh, how would you uh, say, how, how would you rate uh, how the U.S. Uh, House of Representatives is being uh, run right now by Speaker uh Mike Johnson, uh, because obviously uh, Republicans had some major losses, two major losses uh, in the House of Representatives uh, this week, one of which was impeachment of the Homeland Secu- the Director of Homeland Security. How would you rate what they're doing and what would you do differently? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, obviously I worked for Speaker McCarthy previously and um, I've been very close to watching what Speaker Johnson is doing and I've met with him a couple times in the last couple months. And one, I just think he's a good guy. I appreciate him. Um, he's a Christian. I'm a Christian. I, I appreciate that in, in Congress and getting back to our kind of the original mindset of the framers. But I think he's going to have a lot of the challenges that we've seen previously, where you have a conference that's ideologically diverse and they all want different things. And the challenge really is bringing them together to get this legislation across the floor. And so he's going to see a lot of the same challenges. I think that he's going to do a good job as he is, you know, works up to that task. When you look at what's happened on the floor most recently, I think there was maybe a, a miscalculation on exactly who on the Democratic side would show up uh, potentially. But you just in a slim majority like this, you just have to be really tight on where your numbers are to make sure you bring forward legislation that's going to pass the floor. Um, you talk, you talk about uh, sort of uh, working with all sides, bringing people together. How do you do that? Because you got the sort of the, the Donald Trump Republican crowd over here. You got the more traditional conservative crowd over here. You got almost sort of the libertarian conservative crowd over here. So how do you bring all those factions together uh, for the, for that Venn diagram of what what you can agree on? It is really tough, and it's especially tough when you have a slim majority like you have right now. Um, but what you want is members that can say, let's let's use HR two for an example. That was the um, border security bill from early in twenty twenty three. And there were challenges on both sides of the ideological spectrum. And let me say for a moment, you want that. Like, you want an, a diverse ideological spectrum. Republicans don't just get in line. They say, here's what my district is sending me for. They, And I appreciate that. But what it does is when you put up a piece of legislation like H.R. 2, you've got a lot of perspectives. And so you need members that can say, let me work on the moderate side individually with members that have a challenge to it and say, let me help solve your district problem. And let me work on the conservative side for those same reasons, because that particular bill had challenges on both sides. And you need folks that are not going to say, my first response is, let me get on TV and say someone on the other side of me is a bad person because they're disagreeing with me. You need people that can say, I'm fighting for this conservative cause. We want to pull this as far to the right as we absolutely can, but I'm willing to have an honest conversation with you to say, when can we take that win? And we need more members like that. Uh, should the House have voted to impeach uh, Alexander Mayorta? Yes. Yeah. Feel I free mean, to explain why. <laughs> absolutely. So I think so. Impeachment is for high crimes and misdemeanors, not necessarily for policy Yeah, issues. so here's the deal. You look at what's happening at the border, and that is, it is a failure of his duty, and it's absolute crisis there. And that's something that, I mean, Republicans need to send a message that says this is unacceptable. And this was a way to do that, to say um, to the president, you know, you have the tools right now. It's not about giving you more tools. It's about enforcing the law that's already on the books. And if your secretary that you've put into this position is not doing that, then he needs to go. And that, that's, yes, I think they were right in doing that. I wish it would have got across the floor yesterday or two days ago. Uh, final question for you, my friend. Uh, obviously, uh, let's say you used to work for Speaker, uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Mr. McCarthy uh, left, was uh, sort, of, sort of, I would say, thrown out of uh, the speakership. Is that going to be a help, a hindrance? Uh, for you as you run your ties to Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, so he gave me a lot of experience that I, I never would have had without that, uh, of understanding of how to do this job really well. And so I appreciate him very much for that. Um, I think I was disappointed when he was thrown out from the perspective of the way that 
we are set up as a government, you have you get the opportunity to do that every two years. You say, I don't like the way that the House is run by the Speaker, and you can absolutely pick a new Speaker the next time. But what I saw in the three weeks that he was uh, being pushed out and that a new Speaker hadn't been elected is that there were appropriations bills with cuts in them sitting on the floor waiting to be passed, and they couldn't be taken up because uh, we didn't have a Speaker that could put it on the floor. We even saw that with some international crises that were happening. We couldn't address those crises because there was no one to lead, and there was a question of whether um, Patrick McHenry could do that in the in the temporary position. So I think that um, I appreciate him very much for what he's done to give me the experience. And I think that uh, we need someone that's a, a strong conservative leader. And I appreciated him for that. And then I think that Speaker Johnson is going to continue in, uh, in that. But um, yeah, I think that we just need to get back to passing conservative legislation. All right. Well, Max England, uh, candidate for Congress in the 5th Congressional District. Max, my friend, always good to chat with you. Talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.